0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church Dundalk. Right, all right. Well, so we are still going to be in our series here on in Him, being in Christ, our identity in Christ, putting on Christ, however you want to call it, whatever you you want to come at it. But, But my question is... Or any, is anyone get anything out of this series that, that we've been pulled into, amen? Because I'm telling you, this I, I enjoy there I'm getting to where I enjoy just about every series we've gotten into. <laughs> not, not not because I'm the one ministering it, but but some of the the depths and some of the revelations that the Lord has been given me, because it's it's speaking to me as much as I pray is speaking. To, to each and every one of you and not just, not just the people in this room but, but for all the people that are, that are listening on podcast for all the people that are listening on live stream it's, uh, it's pretty amazing what the Lord's been doing and uh, the drawing that the Lord's been bringing to, to people here into this church so, so uh, glory to God hopefully we can, we can move forward in what he has for us not only get rebirthed in the things of God not only getting saved not only getting delivered from hell amen but putting on Christ in everything we do, amen. Taking off our worldly garment and putting on Christ, putting on his desires, putting on his goodness in everything that we do. Now, church, how many of you know that it is a choice on both of those things? We know it's a choice to get saved, right? We know it's a choice to to receive the grace that Jesus has given us to, to be reborn, to be to be taken out of the family of Adam and be brought into the kingdom of God. We know that's a choice to make. But how I many of y'all know it's a choice to put on Christ? So you can be saved, you can be you can be you know filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be a tongue talker, having the power of healing in your hands. But listen, you gotta also choose to put Him on in everything that you do. It can't just be a uh, walk down the park. Now now I'll get. saved. On the inside, but, but I'm going to look like the world on the outside. That's not how Jesus has asked us to be. He has renewed us on the inside. He's given us that to where we can have the ability to have it on the outside. Amen. To where we can live and, and operate in everything that He has for each and every one of us. Amen. He is that good for us. He is that good for us. Amen. Now, listen, church. I know as we've been going through this topic and through some of the topics of the past, I guess probably for the, for the last year. <laughs> some may say for, since we birthed the church here. But listen, I know, I know God has been bringing some challenging words, amen, to this church. He's been bringing challenging words to me, to, for me to process and for me to deliver out. And I'm, I'm telling you, I've even asked myself, like, Lord, yeah, come on, is there, sometimes is there just a softer way to deliver some of these things? But, but I'm telling you, church, The Lord is not that concerned, amen, with with your feelings. not that concerned with your comfort, amen. He's concerned with your spiritual growth, amen. That's the same thing. He keeps on pouring on the inside of me. I'm not concerned with how, how satisfied they are with sitting in the pew or sitting in the chair. I'm concerned where they are spiritually. I'm concerned with where my children are spiritually. I'm not necessarily concerned if conviction or rebuke hurts your feelings. I'm concerned how your foundation looks, why? Because we're living in a day and age where God is going to be pouring out His glory upon this church. And I'm telling you, if you don't have the foundation to handle it, church, you're going to you're going to you're going to break, you're going to crack, you're going to be moved right outside the move of God, and you're going to get left behind, church. And that is not going to happen here. I mean, that's not going to happen in this body. I don't care if you get mad at me or not. I my desire is to keep pushing, to keep delivering, to keep to keep to keep allowing the Holy Ghost to convict each and every one of us, amen, to where we can build upon the foundation that, that he has for each and every one of us, amen. I know, I know some of these things can be provoking. I know I can be provoking. You can ask my wife, amen. I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily my nature, but it is my nature as well, but it's not necessarily my intention. I hope you know my intention, amen. I hope you know that I'm not here to, to, to harm the church, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm here because I love the church. Amen. I'm not here to, to harm the body. This this group of people that God has brought us together. No, I left everything I had for you. Amen. We we love you. We desire you to fulfill everything that God has called you to do. I desire for His anointing to be poured out upon each and every one of you. Not not just me. Not just Tamara or Cynthia or Leah or Melvin. I'm telling you, I want his anointing poured out upon the wee ones over there in the back playing right now. All the way to the oldest one in here, which I will probably say is Melvin or John. One of the two. But but from the weeest one in here to the oldest one in here, I'm telling you, I want his anointing to be poured out in the measure that you've never had before. Amen. see, God didn't just want to, you know, give you you a little taste and say, no, that's it. That's it. No, he's saying, no, strengthen yourself up because I got something so much greater that's about to come into your life if you can handle it. Amen. It's our choice. It's our choice. He desires to pour out his glory, but it's our choice. See, Moses wasn't just, you know, the, the special one that got to see, see God face well, to face. and Not face to face, but got to be in his glory. He got to see his hind parts of him, you know. But, but it wasn't just because he was some special. No, he wanted it. He gave up everything for it. Just to have a little bit more glory. Just a little bit more glory. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. He gave up all things for it, church. Just to draw a little closer. Just to get a little deeper. Amen. This is, this is my heart. This is what God has, has been stirring on the inside of me I, for, for several years now, and i got such a, uh, a gravitational pull to him right now. I'm telling you, I don't want anything to get in the way of it. Amen. I want it to affect each and every one of you that are in here so you can make changes in the environments we come in. Amen. For you can make changes in these environments. You know, I'd love to teach on faith. Every single, sur- uh, every single service. I'd love to teach on healing every single service. I'd love to, to teach on uh, prosperity and, and how to be led by the Spirit in every single service, church, because those are fun things to talk about. I mean, I'd love to do that. But listen, if we can't get this intimacy thing down, if we can't get to that place where, we, where we're so in love with Him, that, that He's the only thing that matters, He is our only priority in our life, I'm telling you, you'll never operate in the fullness of faith. I mean, you'll taste a little bit of faith and you'll operate in a little bit, but you'll never walk in the fullness of faith where mountains begin to move. Dead will be, uh, the dead will begin to rage. You'll never walk in these things. You, you may experience some healing in your body. You may get someone to lay hands on you, but you'll never walk in divine health. You'll never feel that cough coming on. You rebuke that thing and command it to leave and it, it leaves. You you'll, you'll never walk in that until we can get to this place of intimacy, church. You may prosper, you may get a good job, but listen, you will never prosper with how he intends you to prosper unless you find this place of intimacy with him. Church, you'll never change the culture. You'll never change your city. You'll never change a nation. We as the body of Christ, we will never change the world. unless we come to this place of complete union and intimacy with him. I'm telling church this, this is the direction we need to be heading. Amen. This is the direction we need to be headed. You know people have talked about for years. We've talked about faith. We've talked about prosperity. We've talked about a lot of these 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 different things but we but we preached it from from a standpoint that's not not from a, a standpoint of intimacy, not from a posture of intimacy. I'm telling you, it's, it's let, it left half of the body of Christ preaching those same messages with a, with, a, with a garment of the world on, amen, where we completely got in the ditch, where, where the only thing that matters is what possessions we have. The only thing that matters is what, what we have in our pocket. The only thing that matters is what kind of car we drive. I'm, I'm telling you, church, these things are rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. But see, if we don't, if we don't teach these messages from the posture of intimacy, because see, God wants to pour those things out in your life. Amen? Until we can preach these things from a, from a posture of intimacy. Amen? <laughs> you're always going to end up in the ditch. You may not end up in the prosperity ditch, but you'll end up in the poverty ditch. Yeah, you may not end up in, in this ditch over here, but you're going to end up in a ditch. Amen? Because everything in him produces all things. It's in him we move. Amen? It's in him we have our being. It's in him that, that everything ought to be ticking, ought to be pushing off on the inside of us. You know, Bill Johnson has this, this, uh, this statement that I love. Amen. He says that, that, that faith doesn't come by determination. Amen. Faith doesn't come by determination. It comes from a surrendered heart to God. It doesn't come by, man, if I, just, if I just try harder, if I just say it more times, if I just confess it more, if I just do this, if I just do this, if I do this, man, then, then faith will be released on the inside of me. That's not how faith works. Faith comes from a surrendered heart to him, to where you come, you're in so union with him, you're such in trust with him that, that you look in his word and you say, man, I want you to prosper. And you're like, I know that. And you can walk in it. Man, I, you're so intimate with him. And he says, man, I desire you to be healed. You're like, I know this. I'm going to walk in it. It's not, all. Oh, I'm the healed of God, I'm the healed of God, I'm the healed of God, I'm the healed, I'm, I got so much willpower, I'm going to get this thing done. That will get you nowhere in the kingdom. It'll get you nowhere. we got to learn to start operating in his faith and not our faith, amen? Operate, operating in him, I mean, consumed with him. Consumed with the groom, amen? Consumed with our love, <laughs> Uh, Psalms 42, 1, and 2. I, I love these verses here. Yeah, it says, As the deer pants for the water brook. As the deer is panting for the water brook. He says, So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. It thirsts for God. It thirsts for the living God. When shall I come? and appear before you. You know what what is this what is this psalmist talking about? He's talking about a deer that's walking through the parched land, that's walking through the desert, that's walking through the wilderness, and it can't think of anything else but water. Why? Because it hasn't had water in days, it hadn't, it hadn't had the, the taste of water, so it's, it's looking, everything that it's looking for, it's looking for water. Everything that it's smelling, it's smelling for that, for that moisture of water. Anything that, that it can feel in the ground or feel in the air, it's searching for water. Why? Because in that water is the life, is the life. It's consumed that deer is completely consumed with the thought of water. This, this, this is what the psalmist is talking about. That everything, I want to be so consumed with you, Jesus, that, that everywhere I'm looking, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you to speak to me. I'm looking for you to lead me. I'm looking for you to guide me. I want, I want to see, I don't only want to see you, I want to hear your voice. I want, to, I want to taste you when you come into the room. I want to feel your presence. I want to be so consumed with you that nothing else matters. Nothing else matters besides you. Because in you is where I find my life. It's in you who I live and move. Thank you, Lord. And have my being. I like it how the Passion translation says this. I I, I love this verse in the Passion. It says, I long to drink of you, O God. I long to drink of you, O God, to drink deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longing overwhelms me for more of you. My soul thirsts, it pants, it longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God, I want to come face to face. With the living God, I'm telling you, church, this, this has to be our foundation. This has to be our foundation if we want to see everything in the Word of God working for us. If we, want, if we need to fulfill the destiny and the call that God has upon our life, this has to be our foundation, church. I'm telling you, your foundation is the most important thing. You know, when you're going to build a skyscraper and you're going to build a house, listen, church, you're the foundation that is being prepared, the foundation that's being skimmed apart, that's being settled, that's being formed, that's being laid. It is the most, is the vital part of that building, amen? Because see, if it's not prepared properly, if it's not used with the right materials, you'll start building up on that foundation. And what's going to happen? Things are going to begin to crack. It's not going to be able to hold the weight of what you're trying to put on top of it. And I'm telling you, if it can't hold the weight, what happens? It cracks. It comes inhabited and it becomes derelict to where nothing's gonna be. I'm telling you, church, in this land, I'm telling you, the move of God, the glory of God, it's become derelict. Why? Because the foundation has been built off of religion, years and years and years of religion. And I'm telling you, it it has made the move of God derelict in this place. But I'm telling you, church, God is trying to change the foundation. See, he's not saying, go and put another coat of paint on that derelict building out there and see how you get on. That's not what God's wanting to do. He's saying, tear down that building, fix the foundation, let's build a mansion on top of it. Let's build a skyscraper like they have in New York or, or Hong Kong. Let's, let's build something amazing on top of it. Listen, you're going to have to fix your foundation. You're going to have to fix the, the things that you're, that, you're, that you're trying to build upon. Amen? Because they're weak. They're weak, and I'm wanting to pour out some goodness upon it. I'm wanting to pour out his goodness upon it. Amen? Oh, I'm telling you, I refuse, church. I refuse to allow this church, this house, to go derelict. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're going to continue to be led by the Spirit. We're going to continue to get revelation from the Spirit of God. We're going to continue to get edified, and we're going to continue to receive correction. Amen? Because see, you, you, know, you, you get edified all your life. Man, those, those things are great. It's great to have edifying messages all the time. But listen, you're never going to walk in the fullness and the depths of God unless you receive some of the correction when you got off. Because how many of you know, see, I can get off a mile, or excuse me, I can get off about an inch right here or up here on this side of the border. But see, by the time I get back to Dundalk, listen, church, I can be a mile off. Amen. What do we need? We just need a slight correction to keep us on the path. Amen. It's not a big correction right here, but see if you wait years down the way, it'll be a big correction down there. Amen. We need we need to allow these things to to get uh, to get corrected in us now. Amen. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from the from this place where we can receive the fullness of Him? Hmm. Well, we talked about it last week in Galatians 3.27. Amen. That, that is, uh, as many of us have been baptized, as many of us have been fully immersed in Christ, that we've been reborn. We got put on Christ. I mean, we don't need to just get baptized, fully immersed in him. We need, we need to put him on in everything that we do. Because listen, church, you can be fully persuaded that you're saved. You can be fully persuaded that you are reborn. You can be fully persuaded that God has taken you out of the, of the kingdom of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. You can be fully persuaded on these things. But how do we, how do we walk in Christ in our daily walk? How does everything that we do involve Christ and everything that pertains to us? Amen. We got how? How do we learn to? How do we learn to be a Christian and not just are a Christian? Hmm? How do we learn to be someone? I mean, as a Christ follower instead of just are a Christ follower? Amen. Not just, oh, I, I are this, amen. But how do, how do we walk those things out in everything we do? It's the same it's the same, same verses there in Matthew chapter 5. You are, you are the light of the world. You, you, are, you are the city that's set upon a hill. How, how do we get to that place? Church, you are the light. We need to come to that revelation of what God's t- done on the inside of us and then put him on. You are the light. You are the light. How I many of you know you, you are the light. See, when I say that right now, I know there's, there's people, not in the, probably not in this house, there's people that are listening in and says, man, that's a, you're not the light. You're not the light. Jesus is the light. No, Jesus is the one that said in Matthew chapter five, you are the light. See, we sing this song about the glory of God filling, filling this place, filling, filling this land. You know, we, we're gonna see it, we're gonna see it, we're gonna see it, we're gonna see your glory coming across. Listen, church, it's not because God's gonna come down here and do it for you. He's put his glory on the inside of you so you can reveal it to the people. You can reveal it on the streets, you can reveal it to your neighbors, you can reveal it in the church, you can change the environment. You are the light. You are church, the city that's set upon the hill. I mean, we, just, we, just, we just haven't got to that place where we've realized it yet, right? All those religious devils keeping us down. That's, that's what we talked about last week, just like that doctrine of Calvinism. We can't realize those things. Man, I'm just, I'm just snow-covered dung. I'm, I'm still a piece of rubbish, amen, just covered with something good. Now, that's, that, that is hypocrisy. No, no, if you, if you have been imputed the sin nature of Adam, Jesus so much more has imputed his righteousness upon you. You've been perfected. You've been, you've been, you've not just been cleansed. You've been made a hundred percent new. We got to grab a hold of that realization of who he's made you to be. And if he hasn't made you to be that, listen, church, we can fix that real quick. We can fix it real quick. Amen. I because only then, only being fully immersed in Him, can you put them on. Can you begin to wear them? Can you begin to walk in Him? Can you begin to, to, to fulfill everything that He's called you to do? Amen. Church? <laughs> wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be lovely? Wouldn't it be lovely if you, you could just have a mirror? that you can look into that mirror and you can see everything that God says about you. You know, if you look in that and you can see who God says you are, and I mean, it'd be, it'd be, that'd be an amazing thing to have, wouldn't it? It'd be amazing to be able to, to look and say, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? But maybe say, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, what do I look like in God's eyes? What do I look like to you, Jesus? Show me what I look like to you. I'm telling you, church, you have it. See, it's right here. See, but see, you're gonna have to learn to crack this thing open and get into it and start reading it. See why this is a, a 66 book love letter to you and Jesus saying, who, who am I? Who do you say I am, Jesus? You are more than a conqueror in me. You're an overcomer in me. I've created you to, to do amazing things. You are my body. You are my church. You are my ambassadors in Christ. You know I'll, I'll fulfill all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're not going to have a want. I'm your shepherd. I'll fulfill all of those wants. You have healing power going through your hands. You're going to change the nations. You are called to do these things. But see, until we can get in this and begin to believe what it says, believe what Jesus is trying to tell us, church, I'm telling you, we're going to be absolutely useless. Absolutely useless here in this land. Absolutely useless for the kingdom of God. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Church, we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta get to this place where we see ourselves crucified. Not just Jesus crucified, but us being crucified. Us being buried. And then we can see ourselves as resurrected. But we're going to have to see ourselves as crucified first. That's, that's why I, I want to start here today and kind of lean on in this, and we'll see how far we get. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll finish this thing off next week. But listen, church, when we talk about these things, you're going to have to begin to see things through the lens of the Spirit and stop looking stop looking through the lenses of your senses and the lenses of your flesh. Amen. We have to look at these things through the eyes of Christ and everything that he has tell, told us to do. Amen. That's why I, I, like, uh, I like Paul here. You know, Paul in, in Romans chapter two, uh, chapter two, somewhere around verse seventeen. You know, he he makes a profound statement that that has always stuck with me when I read it. And I probably read it a hundred times and never and never gave it never gave it any thought to it. He says, and that day is coming, that day is coming when God shall judge the secrets. God shall judge the secrets of man's heart by what? By my gospel." Now see, we we read that and we're like, oh yeah, probably have all read that a hundred times. Never thought anything about it. I'm telling you, that is such, there's such power in that. I mean, who who does Paul number one think he is? Amen. Well, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost spoke through Paul and pinned this verse right here, and it got stamped in eternity, on time, in the in, in the Word of God for each and every one of us. I mean, he says, you know, the secrets of man's hearts, they're gonna be judged by what? By my gospel. By my gospel. What's he saying? It's not going to be judged by Peter's gospel. Not, not, not by Apostle Peter's gospel. Not, not by John the Beloved's gospel. Not by Calvin's gospel. Not by Armenian's gospel. Not by the Pope's gospel. Not by the Archbishop's gospel. I mean, not by Pastor Ryan's gospel. I mean, the word says it's going to be judged by what? It's going to be judged by my gospel. My gospel. I'm telling you, that is some kind of powerful statement right there, church. What kind of gospel is that? That the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God so loved us he, gave us, he gave us his son. Amen. That he poured out his grace for each and every one of us. That that all of mankind has the ability to be saved. All you got to do is reach out and grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of that gift that's being given to you and allow it to change you. Allow yourself to be taken out of Adam's family and be brought into into the, into the family of, of uh, our Lord and Savior, amen? It's as simple, it's as simple as that. Nothing that you can do, no, no rule you can follow, no law you can follow to get you there, nothing, nothing that you can do to attain his goodness, amen, but that he poured it out for us. That he poured it out for us. I'm telling you, that's, that's an amazing thing to grab a hold of, church. That's an amazing thing to grab a hold of. Well, why, does, why does Paul go this direction? Why is he he talk about a gospel that it's going to be his gospel that's going to be yielded unto? Let's go to Galatians chapter 2, and we'll talk about that here in a second. In verse 11 here. You know, you think about this. You know, Paul, this man was... had a tough time everywhere he went. And people hated him where he went. You say, why is that? Why is that? Well, wasn't that ordinary? A lot of people grabbed a hold, but religion hated him. Why? Because he told the truth. He spoke forth the truth. And everything that he did, I'm telling you, he rebuked religion with everything that he had. He rebuked unrighteousness with everything he had. And I'm telling you, that, that got the place where people begin to hate him wherever he go. They tried to slay him. They tried to harm him everywhere he goes, go. But listen, he goes, listen, they're going to be judged by my gospel. The, thing, the things that I'm preaching, you know, the things that I'm pushing back against, they're going to be judged by my gospel. Why? Because I so loved Jesus, that a love for you has came forth, that I'm not going to allow you to go off the cliff without knowing the truth. I'm going to deliver it to each and every one of you to where you can grab a hold of this gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, how did he do this? He saw himself as a dead man. He wasn't living in his own strength. He wasn't walking in his own strength. He saw himself as crucified in Christ. Amen. Let's back this up to, to verse 11 here. It says, but when Peter, when Peter came to Antioch, he, he goes, I was stood him to the face because he was, he was to be blamed. <laughs> that, that's powerful. P- Paul saying here to the church at Galatians says, when Peter came up to Antioch, he goes, I withstood him to his face because, because he was to be blamed here. Now, who was this Peter he's talking about? It can't be, it couldn't be the Apostle Peter, could it? It couldn't be the the, the Peter that went and, and preached the first sermon and got 3,000 people saved. I, grabbed the man at the gate, beautiful, pulled him up, preached another sermon, got 2,000 people saved. It couldn't be the pillar of the church, Peter, could it? Could it? yeah. It was that. It, it, that's who it was. <laughs> it, it was the Apostle Peter, the, the great one we read about, the one that took out the sword and, and chopped off the air. Amen. That, that Peter. Why did, he get, why did he get in his face? Kind of like what Kimberly was talking about earlier, is, is he was adulterating the gospel. He was adulterating the gospel. So what happened? He says, I, I love you, Peter. I, I know you, but listen, I, you know, you're wrong. And he jumped up in his face for these things to get things straight. Why? Because he was a dead man walking. Amen? He was living under... He, was, uh, he considered himself dead into the things of God and, be, and being able to be resurrected and alive in Christ. Now, even what that said in Second Peter, what did, what did uh, Peter say about Paul? You know, Paul, he said, man, that man, Paul, he, he writes some things that are really difficult to understand. Enough to where even people will, will adulterate it, they'll harm it, they'll twist it and confuse it. Amen? But he, he understood the great revelation... That God, this, this letter was written after Acts chapter 10. Amen. Where he went to Cornelius' house. This is after he's already, he already knew the Gentiles were, uh, were called to be saved, just like the Jews. Amen. And this, this is why he jumped in his face. And I'll listen in verse 12. It says, for For before the certain came from James, he says, I did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come in, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. He says, and the other Jews disassembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also, and my right-hand man Barnabas, he was also got carried away by their dissimulation. I mean, by their hypocrisy, they got, they got carried away. You know, Peter, he says, Peter, he got yielded to fear. He yielded to the, to the fear of these Judaizers that, that were coming from Jerusalem. I mean, he, was, he, had a, he had an all right time sitting there hanging out with them, you know, you know hanging out with the Gentiles, eating with the Gentiles that, that now are the church, and, and talking with them, chatting with them, staying in their houses. But, but when the religious crew arrived, amen, he, started, he, he separated himself and started get, uh, walking off in hypocrisy. Why? Because of fear of man. Because of the fear of man. I'm going to tell you, church, the fear of man, mm, the fear of man will stop you solid. And performing what God is calling you to do. It will stop you. That, that fear of not getting praises from man, that fear of not being liked by man, I'm telling you, it will stop you in your calling and your destiny that you have upon your life. I mean, dead in your tracks. It will make you a counterfeit. The fear of man will make you a counterfeit. Church, we have got to push back against the things of fear. We have got to uh, not allow these things to come in and be a stumbling block for us. I mean, we got what we got to what push back against that compromise, amen. And walk as victors, walk as conquerors. I, it's just like it's just like uh, yesterday. We're out we're out there on the streets. You know, you know, you know, beautiful the beautiful worship team is out there singing songs, doing doing amazing things. You know, there's Christians coming in, walking through, walking shopping, doing different things, but they're doing nothing out there besides just living their own life. Why? Because they have fear of man. Fear of man. You know, I, I can't do those things. Yeah, that's, that's that's not my calling. Listen, it's not my it's, it's not my calling to be evangelist either. My my calling is to, is to teach the church. But listen, church, we are called to evangelize the word of God. We are we are called to to not care what people think. Doesn't care what your neighbors think. Don't care what the people's walking down the street think. We are called to give forth what God has. Has, any, has God put anything on the inside of you that you can deliver to someone, huh? Has he changed something on the inside of you that means so much to you that you'll give it to someone else? I mean, to see, this is a struggle. It's not just a struggle that you had. Everyone has that same struggle, but you're going to have to get over the fear of man. I'm telling you, I watched Martin yesterday as, as we were leaving. He got in the, in the midst of some people, probably Jessica's age, probably a little bit older than Jessica, you know, if I say from you know 14 to, to, to 18 or 20, got right in the middle of these people and started telling them, this is not who you are. Sitting there, getting drunk, being on drugs, doing the, living a perverse lifestyle. This isn't who you are. Let me, let me tell you who you are. And he got a circle of people cussing him out, yelling at him, spitting on him, being nasty to him. Absolutely no respect. But I'm telling you what, he loved him so much that he was willing to stand in and take that abuse. Well, we got all these other, other Christians walking around like, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, just, I can't do those things, you know. <laughs> you think he wants to stand there and do that. Amen, but see, eight people gave their lives to the Lord through him being bold enough to not, not care what people think, you know? Well, is there something on the inside that God's changed on you that you just can't, that you can't help? I'm telling you, if, if, you, if you can't let that go, you need to get into that, that, that place of being in the depths of him, getting deeper in, him, get intimate with him, allow him to continue to change things on the inside of you. You See, you need to be absolutely ready to erupt. Hmm? Not just, oh, I'm a good old Christian. Praise God, I'm not going to hell. But listen, everyone else around you is. And God has so much faith in you. They said, you know what, Cynthia? You know, I just want you to open your mouth and you're going to change the world. simple as that, just just open up your mouth. Just just reveal what what I've done on the inside of you and you're going to change people. See, you've opened up your heart to him. Yeah. And it will change, but see, we're gonna, we have to step in that place. Get away from that fear of man. Woo. Come on, church. In verse 14, he goes, But when I saw that they walked, not uprightly, according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before all of them, if you being a Jew live in the manner of the Gentiles and not, and not as do the Jews, what, what compels you for the Gentiles to live as the Jews? He's like, he's like Peter, if you're, you live like a Jew, how in the world are you trying to get the, the Gentiles to start living like a Jew? You don't even live like a Jew. Amen? But these religious starts start boiling up on the inside of them. Verse 17. But if while we seek to be justified... By Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. God forbid. See, if we, if we seek justification through the law, amen, through, through the things that we can do, the performance, our, our performance, Christianity, if we, if we seek Him through these things, and yet we get convicted. Of sin that's on the inside of us, something stirring on the inside of us, something that's, that's grabbed a hold of our heart. I mean, does that, does that mean, if we're not living under performance Christianity anymore, does that mean that, that God's the one that's released that on the inside of us and now He's happy with that? Now that He's in agreement with it? Now that He's in agreement with something that's taken His place? That He's in agreement with some sin that we're committing? He says, God forbid. God's never been okay with sin. Why? Because it separates you from him. He's never been okay with these things. But see, I'm not... Now listen, when I'm talking about these things, I'm not talking about adultery. I'm not. I'm not talking about you know sleeping around. I'm not talking about being a drunk. I'm not talking about being a drug addict. I'm not. I'm not. Not listen, church. You know, we we ought to have those things long gone from us. Amen. You got to have something alive on the inside of you that has already squashed. It's taken away that nature of the world. That's not. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But see, there's there's these little hooks that still get hooked into our heart. Amen. That that we don't realize it. You know, Kimberly and I were we're talking about that this week. You know. As we were walking down the streets, you know some different things, some different hooks that we've had that I had in my heart, you know I mean me, if any of y'all know some of my testimonies, some of you don't, but you know money was a, a big hook that I had in my heart listen i was I was saved, filled with the holy ghost and then and, and everything was going well, but listen, I was seeking after one thing, amen. Seeking after two things side by side. I was seeking after him and I was seeking after success and money. And I'm telling you, I was going after it full throttle. And It took years before the Lord could, could reveal that by allowing the word to come upon me, allowing things to get settled on the inside of me. And finally, when, when he revealed that to me, it, it was so easy. I was like, Lord, yeah, thank you for... 1 John 1, 9, that we can confess our sins and he's faithful and and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from our righteousness. Like, Lord, I've never seen this before on the inside of me. Take that from me. I'm telling you, when that was taken from me, you will not believe the trust that he had for me then. And poured out success upon me, poured out success in my business, poured out wealth into our lives and this why because because it wasn't about me, it wasn't about man, I'm going to be great, man, I can have this car. man, I can do this. I can do that. I'm going to have all this money because it's me because it's how great I am. He, he could trust for me with those things where and he could say, you know what Ryan, I need you to go ahead and give five percent of your earnings this year. Go, go, go ahead, not your personal but the business earnings I need you to give that to the church needs some help. okay Lord, done. Uh, this, I need you to give 10% grand. I need you to give 15% grand. I need you to give 20% grand. I need you to buy that attractor grand. I need you to give 30%. Fine. Why? Because it wasn't mine. Amen. That hook was no longer in there anymore. It was something that, that, that sin that was hooked in my heart now has been released and everything that I was doing now, it was from him. He was pouring into me. Why? So I could pour back into things going around us. Hmm? You see, it didn't stop there. Yeah, I got rid of I got rid of the money problem. I got rid of that, amen. And God prospered me like I never I never believed. And then and then what? It was, it was little hooks. Then it was like, oh, Ryan, I know you love cars. I know you love motorcycles. I know you love these things. And how, and and he started showing me. Listen, you buy this one, and that one wasn't good enough. So then you get this one. And that one's not good enough. And then you come over here and you get this one. And that one's not good enough. And then you come back over here and you get this one. And when's it going to stop? You say, sew that. Sew that car. Sew that truck. Sew that motorcycle. Get those hooks out of your heart. Amen. And the first time he told me to do that, I'm telling you, I got cringed on the inside. like, what? These are mine. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You need to let them go. Amen? i let it go and let it go and let it go. And now did that passion for, for fast cars go? No, absolutely not. I still love them, but I don't care anything about them. Amen? I love them. I love to ride them, but they, they have no hold on me anymore. Why? Because those little hooks, the little hooks got, got taken out. God, we got to allow God to continue to mold us, continue to work on us, continue to allow him to, to take these little things out of our hearts that are hindering us. Amen? For, for operating in the fullness of his kingdom, church. But you're going to have to allow yourself to do it. You're going to have to permit him to operate on the inside of you. It says, But if we, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we are ourselves are also found sinners. Therefore, Christ be the minister of sin. God forbid he goes, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. If I build the things, he's saying, if I build up the law again, the thing that I destroyed because we're living by, we're living by grace now, he, he goes, uh, uh, I make myself a transgressor. Well, how, how, do we, how, do we, how can you live by the law and, and still be a transgressor of it? Why? Because you're following along the law the wrong way. And, amen? We live by the law of what? The spirit of life in Christ. He's made us free from the law of sin and death. Not, not by circumcision. Not by, not by keeping the feast days. Not by keeping the Sabbath. Amen? In verse 20, in verse 19 it says, For I through the, the law am dead into the law, that I might live unto God. For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live, in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For, it, it is, uh, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is died in vain. I do not frustrate the grace. Church, you can frustrate the grace of God. You can nullify the grace of God. You can set aside the grace of God. By why? By putting, putting the act of salvation on yourself like you can earn it on your own accord. And what does it do? It says that Christ died for nothing. I mean, if you think you can earn your way to him, Christ died for nothing. Don't frustrate the grace of God. That's, that's upon us, amen. Get your eyes off yourself, church. I guess that could sum up this whole message that, that, that we're doing today. Get your eyes off yourself, church. Amen? Keep your gaze upon him and keep your gaze upon him. And the, I'll Listen to this in the Passion in verse 20. I said all that to get to this one verse. It says, But my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by faith of the Son of God who loves me so much he gave himself up for me, dispensing his life into mine. He says, I'm empowered by Jesus' faith. Church, we are empowered by his faith. Wow, all the blank faces in here. Church, we are empowered by his faith, not by your own faith. See, this is where we get confused here. We think we're we living in our own faith, and what we can do, we can, that, that, we, that everything we can do is what brings, brings, everything that we are doing will bring God into work on our behalf. I'm telling you, that's absolutely rubbish. I mean, we, we operate in His faith. I mean, it's one of the fruit of this that is given to us. Amen. I it's His faith. We operate in His faith. That's why you don't have to say, man, I don't know if I if I have enough faith to heal that person. I don't know if I have enough faith to get to get healed myself. I don't know if I have enough faith to, to, to give in an offering. I don't know if I have enough faith to start that business. I don't know if I have enough faith to, to step off in ministry. I don't know if I have enough faith to get, to, to get married. I'm telling you, listen, stop leaning on your own faith. I'm telling you, your faith is rubbish. Your faith is I got to see it before I can see it happen. That's not good. We need to begin to operate in God's kind of faith. Amen? God's kind of faith in everything we do. Jesus' faith. You see, we operate in his faith, not our faith. His faith, not our faith. And see, when you begin to operate in his faith, you can say, man, that person needs healing. Oh, glory to God, Jesus, we're gonna do it because I know, I know you're the healer. Oh, oh I, need, I, need, I need something to prosper in my life. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna give because I know you're the one that returns back to me. I can operate in your faith in these things. Oh, you need me to start a business? Glory to God, I'm gonna start that business. I'll jump out there and do it. You need me to start a ministry? You need me to jump off a of ministry? Listen, I don't have to do it on my own faith thinking I can do it how good I am. I can rely on how good you are and what your word says about it what your word says about it. Listen, if I was relying on my own faith, I never would have started this, this church up in Dundalk. I never would have started this church up in Dundalk. I was happy down there in Dublin. I never would have started the church up in Derry that's going to happen in two weeks. Why? Because I'm happy here in Dundalk. Amen. We never, we never would have done these things. Oh, because, you know, I'm going to start that church and dumb dog. because, man, I'm the cat's meow. Everyone loves my accent. Everybody loves the way I speak. Everybody loves how, how I like to push back against people. Listen, church, if you try to do things on your, on your own strength, you know, what happens when those, those words come? Well, what if no one shows up? What if people don't like you? Amen? Because try doing this. There's a lot of people that don't like you. Amen. Try try doing these things. You better not be doing it in your own faith. Amen. You better be, you better be doing it on the faith of Jesus. I mean, it's just like, just like this church that's going to go up there. What, what, if, what if no one shows up? You know what? We're going to continue to go on up there. Well, what if people don't show up for two months or three months? You know what? We're going to go every single week up there, preach the word of God. Why? Because Jesus said to do it. I'm not trying to satisfy myself. We're going to be obedient to what he has. And I can operate in his faith in everything I do. I don't have to allow those things to hurt my wee feelings. Amen? Hallelujah. He says, for the new life, the reborn life is not mine, but it's Jesus's. This new life is no longer mine, but the anointed one that lives his life through me. But the anointed one that lives his life through me. The face of the Jesus operating in our lives, church, gives us that revelation that you are dead. It's no longer you that lives, but it's him that's living on the inside of you. It's him that's living in the inside of you. It's this new life is no longer mine. Mine's dead. For the anointed one lives his life through me. See, Jesus, church, didn't just give up his life for yours. Amen? You've got to give up your life for his. He doesn't want you to, to just be a... He doesn't, he doesn't just want you to, uh, to be a co-heir with him, church. He wants you to be a co-laborer with him. He wants you to live and operate and do everything as a co-existent with him. He wants you to be welded and made one with him in everything that he's calling you to do. I'm telling you, church, he is living through you. How many of y'all can recognize that in your daily rock, and your daily routines? That he's living in me. See, listen. Listen, if you know that it's his life living through you, I mean, we'd probably be checking some of the things that we're doing, checking some of the things we're watching on TV, checking some of the things that, the people that we're around, I mean, checking some of the things that's going on in our lives if if it's his life living in us. And it's not our own. He says, your old identity is dead. Your old identity is dead. For my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and it no longer lives. We have been dead. We've been co-crucified with him. I'm telling you, this is an amazing revelation that Paul had. That I'm convinced the body of Christ still doesn't have. You say, what is that? What do you see? We just come off a of, uh, resurrection weekend. You know, what, you know, we've talked about the cross. People are talking about the cross everywhere you go. What, what is it that you see when you see Jesus on the cross? You know, do you see him? You know, as I see, I see him. I see him in agony with a with a slight joyful smile before what he's you know fixing to do as it is completed. Amen. With with his hands and his feet having nails through him, sitting up there on the cross with blood coming, blood and sweat coming down from his face from that crown of thorns that was on him, you know, beating and bruised, seeing the lashes from that cat of nine tails that not just destroyed his back, but ripped all the way around his chest and was ripping, ripping flesh off. Is that, is, that, is that what you see? Do, do you see your sin on top of him? Do you see your iniquity on top of him? Do you see your sickness and disease on him? Do you see your poverty on top of him? Do you see that? Amen. But do you see what Paul saw? See, Paul saw all that too. But see, Paul saw something else. As he looked up at that cross, he saw himself sitting there. And see, it wasn't just Jesus' hands that were, that were put out. You know, it was Ryan's hands that, that, were, that were put out too. And, and those nails going through those hands and those nails going through the feet. It, was, it, was not just, it wasn't just Jesus that was up there. I'm telling you, we have been co-crucified with him. You got up on that cross with him. He got up on that cross so you could go up there with him. For everything, everything from the family of Adam, everything that has been imputed from you from, from, the, from the beginning here on this earth got stapled upon that. Why? Because you were there with him. Being co-crucified with the living God. Whew. Church, we want to, we want to see ourselves as resurrected. And I'm and thank God for that. You know, we need to see that. That's, that's the direction we're going to be heading in this message, mean, We need to see ourselves as resurrected. But listen, you'll never see yourself as resurrected until you can see yourself as crucified. You can see that old man dead. Because I'm telling you, church, I know I'm dead. I met a man yesterday, you know, a, a man out of Dublin and, you know, had a had a pretty wild past. And I, I'm telling you, you never would have known it. You never would have known because it looked like Jesus was on the inside of him. He had such a sweet smile, and a, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sweet smile to that, to that man. Just had a, a gentleness to him, because he was crucified. That man that he was in the past, he was dead. There was no trace of that person anymore. There wasn't nothing you could, you could you know, get up out of the grave and everyone says, Yo, make sure you nail that, that uh, the, the casket shut so that he, the dead man can't get back out. Listen, when you get crucified with Jesus, you see yourself up there on the cross, there is no getting up from it. Amen? All, all, all that comes out of every pore of you is Jesus. Amen? And see, that's the only place that you can walk into the resurrection. Walk into the fullness. Walk into everything that he's preparing for you. seeing your first self dead in him and then buried in him. In church, being raised back to life in him. Amen. Amen. I'll end with this verse here. In Philippians 121, he says, For to me to live, for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. For me to live is Christ. But to die is gain. I'm telling you, this is another bold statement statement uh, by Paul here saying that for me, to, for me to live, me to walk, I'm telling you, as long as I'm here on this earth, it's going to be Jesus living through me. It's going to be Jesus leading me. It's going to be Jesus directing me. It's going to be him in everything that I do. But if I die, it's gain. It's, it's a game. Not, the, not that I'm going to get more intimacy. Not that I'm going to get more empowerment. No, no, it's a game because I get more him. I get, I get to be that face-to-face where, where now we just don't have to live by faith. I get, to, I get to touch your hand. I get to see you with my eyes. I get to smell your breath. I get to feel your caress. I get to hear your words with, my, with the natural ears, not just with our spiritual ears. Hmm. But until then, <laughs> but until then, as he goes on to say, to live is Christ, is to die is game. But I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, I'm in a straight betwixt between the two because I'd so much rather be with Jesus. But we got a job to do down here on this earth. I haven't finished my race yet. There's things that he's placed upon my plate that I need that I need to do. And as much as I want to be with him, hmm. as much as I desire to see him face to face, as much as I desire to sit at his feet, to drink from his cup. <laughs> huh? We got a job here to do. Church, is this our is this our heart? Hmm. Does your heart burn to be with Him? Does it burn to be with Him that you'd rather just flip the switch and leave this place? But you're going to stay here because you know it's His will for you to do something? Hmm? I'm telling you, we need to begin to change our way of thinking. We need to repent. I'm not talking about coming up here and crying at the altar. We need to change the way we think and quit thinking like the world. Amen. And fall in love. Fall in love with our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I glorify you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your love for each and every one of us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for permitting us to be co-crucified with the living God. Lord, I can see it. Every time I look at that cross, I can see my face, not with, not with blood, not, not, but with a great big smile on my face, Lord, because of that miserable person I was in the past. He's gone. He's gone. There's no trace of him anymore. Not only the life that I have in you, only you living your life through me and everything that we do on this earth. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be co-laborers with one another that we can walk hand in hand, that we can get the job done, Lord, because I don't have to rely on myself. I don't have to rely on my intellect. I don't have to rely on anything I have to offer, Lord. I can put my, my faith squarely in your faith. Allow your faith to operate in me and through me in everything that we do, Lord. I glorify you and I thank you for it, Lord. I look forward to seeing the change that is already being birthed in our in our town, that's being birthed in this nation, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We thank you for the opportunity to participate with you. In Jesus' name, Father, we take a hold of Psalms 91, which is the which is the tradition of our church here, Lord. To, that no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place, Lord. For you give your angels charge over us, or to keep us in all of our ways. Lord, we don't have to have any fear for what the world has to offer. We don't have to have fear for sickness, we don't have to have fear for disease, Lord, we don't have to fear poverty. because we have you, because you're living your life through us. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the secret place of the Most High, that we can abide under the shadow of the Almighty Lord, that we can, that we can come into that secret place of union and communion with you, Lord, to the depths. even and you speak back to us. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for the jobs you've placed in our hands. Lord, we thank you for trusting us. Lord, if there's anything that we any hooks that we that we have in our heart, Lord, that, that's that's trying to pull our heart, that's trying to compartmentalize you on the inside of us, Lord, we Lord help us to get those things freed. Regardless how Painful that it may be. Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you for laborers. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, to teach us to release anything that's not you. Anything that's not, it's not just things that pull precedence, anything that, that, that is trying to, to grab our attention from you. Because you are that good. And we desire to honor you. As your vessels here on this earth, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for our jobs. We thank you for the this the ministry opportunities you placed in our hands. We thank you, Lord, that you keep our seed bag full that we can that we can give and all these things will be given back to us, Lord, in every aspect of our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We walk out of here at faith and love towards you and love towards one another. Thanking you, Lord, here at that island church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie